0: Well, Gary, it's um, it's a pleasure to have you, man. We're we're super excited to talk to you. Um, I know you got a lot of things going on, but I, I think the best place for us to start is really sort of our introduction with you. Sure. And that, of course, is the film Fraud, um, which we talked to Dean. Um, geez, was that about a month ago, Month or so ago. It feels mm-hmm. like a lifetime yeah, already. A few, a few weeks ago, we talked to Dean. And um as we showed fraud in our festival um in twenty twenty, so right before the pandemic. Uh literally days before we went all into quarantine, we all gathered um it at the Balboa Theater and showed fraud. Now fraud was a film that um I sort of give myself a lot of credit for. It's something that uh I was a cheerleader of uh this film for geez, a couple years. Whenever it came out, and it took me about two to three years to fight for it at the festival and finally get someone to uh, to watch it. And then as soon as you know other people watched it, I'm like, okay, we got something. And um, super super happy to show it. Um, screened pretty well. Um, and uh, then we were able to get Dean and uh, you know talk to him a little bit, and he he told us a little bit of the backstory of uh, really finding you, finding your videos, and uh, it go, so on from there. But you know, I guess the best place to start is really, you know, what was what was your thought of, you know, just not only the final product of the film, but really just the idea of the project that Dean did with with we, your clips?
1: Yeah, we we uh, we definitely uh, love uh, artistic endeavors. And uh, now I'm not an artist or anything, Uh even though I've been dabbling with some documentary stuff of my own. But yeah, when that when I was approached, I thought it was nonsense. I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't a real Hollywood kind of guy. I thought, this has got to be some scammer, somebody trying to play a game. But then I did look into his background a little bit and he found the been writing uh children's stories and he had his Marcel uh, stuff out there on the internet and uh so I was like okay let's let's hear this guy out and uh Certainly my wife and I, we discussed it and we were game. I was like, oh, these are just home videos anyway. They're sitting there. We have this huge archive of uh, of basically mundane things that we're doing. And I try to splice them up, my my style of filming. And you spoke to Dean and stuff and you've read some of the the materials and reviews. Yeah, very um, – impressionistic you know i would just go for it because i started out in college as a meteorology major so right away i have a thing for clouds (laughs) and uh, (laughs) and it's a so um so i incorporate things that i like and there's a lot of consumerism as well uh uh, because we're going to let's say uh, the boardwalk or whatever the beach and you see all kinds of items and i wasn't caring about you know i shouldn't be uh preferring one item over another, you know, I would just zoom in and I, I do have that quirk where I, I'd actually say what I'm looking at sometimes. So like, you know, yeah. a, a popcorn or candy bar or whatever. Um, and it was, it was more just, uh, Zoom in, zoom out. What? And my wife's like, "Oh my gosh, you zoom so much!" And, and I had this cheap camera that we we got this video camera. Uh, this family down in Delaware was going through a divorce, and it was put on Craigslist that this guy's giving away some video equipment. And I'm like, "Man, let's go see what he's got." We're down in the, in this area anyway, and we went down there, and he gave me a free video camera, old old video camera, but still, I was like, eh, you know, I could use this to capture some home movies, films of you know, the kids and stuff when they're little. Uh, And it was just like, it's free. And I couldn't believe I said, I offered the guy money. He said, no, this is free. He said, you know, my wife's because they were going through a divorce. And and I'm like, OK, I said, we'll take it. And and, and, again, there was no plan, no branding. This is absolutely just what's going on. Uh, Let's put it up on YouTube because I have in-laws. My wife is from Germany, what used to be East Germany. And uh, so the in-laws, they they would be able to stay up to date what we're doing uh, by way of video. And I would just try to, you know, film everything, every restaurant, every bite, you know, hot looking girl walking by, zoom in on that. And they make a joke out of it. Um, but again, to me, it was just like this was like part of our um, experience daily you know, weekend, mostly weekends were for filming. Um, but if there's a snowstorm, we're out playing in it and I get, you know, footage of us uh, playing in the snow or um, uh, again, uh, everything around the house and uh, just push record and then you know, stop push record. And it's that, that's, I think that style that caught Dean's eye because it was unusual. and um, he apparently just through happenstance, whatever rabbit hole he we went down he ended up on my page and i had you know hundreds and hundreds of videos at the time uh, maybe even over a thousand at that time uh and uh they were just about daily routines going to walmart let's say we were talking about walmart or going um to the bookstore or, or just uh cruising around the neighborhood and we see some of the amish but in the movie fraud you see a little bit of footage of the amish buggy or something and, and my wife's reaction to it which you know I, again I, there's so much footage, you tend to forget. Or at least I did. I tend to forget. Yeah, I filmed that, didn't I? <laughs> and I try to keep it real. So there are things in there that you know. Some people say, "Oh, that's kind of embarrassing." I don't give a damn, really. I mean, you know, I was never trying to portray myself as the you know, as a brand where I had to guard this brand from any kind of uh, criticism. Uh and so so it, it I think it, it what came out of it all was it was very honest. Now what Dean in his mischievous way, he was able to take and craft through the you know, through as a uh, buddy um uh, his editor. Um mm-hmm. he was able to craft uh with an artificial narrative to use real footage, uh and most of it our footage. There's a little bit that I, I know he sampled from elsewhere, and to create um something fascinating and it could keep some artistically I mean I again you know, it, it's a, it's a it's a statement that you know that people can be uh, they can see a timestamp where they can uh, just because of the way something is edited can start to believe that this actually happened and even my my mother um, she saw some of the footage she said did you guys do I was, no we didn't do that I said this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous I said but I said but it's how it is presented. Uh, that was the genius behind it, and I, I still applaud um, the, the way that was crafted, so that it was it was watchable, it was believable on many levels, uh, and it even fooled my mom. So, <laughs> so uh, I have to give you the props where you know and credit credit was, credits due. Um, and he licensed the footage, uh, and just you know, again, it's one of those things. And now um, we haven't seen any of the accounting statements. Since this was done. So we don't know, you know, if that's one of the things we've been kept in the dark and we'd like to know um, how profitable or, or not. I mean, you know, films today, uh, you know, dime a dozen. But um, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, wow, uh, it, it, it was fun and and still is, is, is remarkable to have been part of that and, uh, and and that experience. And we got to go to the, um, the AFI, the film festival in L.A., and uh, and check that out and just a whole new experience because I hadn't been to California. My wife had uh before we got married, she was uh she was in California and it's just nice. She loves California. I love it except for the prices. <laughs> the things are pretty for expensive. Sure. <laughs> expensive in California. Uh but uh, yeah, so in a nutshell, fraud was an experience uh where it's it's just it gives to the power. A, test, a testimony to the power of being able to edit something in such a way uh, and to, to have people believe something that, you know, we never you know, escaped to Canada or anything. We didn't commit fraud. Uh, we didn't burn our house down. Uh, but, yeah, uh, definitely something that was um, fascinating and still something that's part of, like, hey, we talk about
0: it. So, Gary, I mean, you know, th- this was – this is, you know, snippets of your life that, that yeah. Dean then took and then, you know, he – with the help of his editor, you know, mm-hmm. expertly crafted this fictitious narrative that, you know, I found highly entertaining. Now you, again, this is your life. And mm-hmm. this is someone basically getting in your driver's seat and retelling these things. So like when, you're watch- when you watch the movie for the first time, yes. did you know, like, was everything just a mystery to you? Or are you like, maybe we're going this way or this way, or everything was just brand new for you?
1: Yeah, and it, 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 both actually. And the honesty, we knew uh, that he was going to craft something that would be kind of Bonnie and Clyde. So we knew it was going to go in a direction that. Uh, Would be so different than the reality Uh, and and, but using uh, real footage. So that was the fascinating, the artistic uh, endeavor. And I was like, yes, I I was definitely on board. You know, it was just like, but yeah, when I saw it the first time, I didn't know how it was going to play out. I mean, I I, I was like, which pieces of all this uh, footage uh, these little pieces, of, these little pieces of, like puzzle pieces, uh, that he was able to weave together. Which ones would he choose? Which ones would he not? Uh, and there are two versions of Fraud, The one that we initially saw, and then the one that actually got you know uh, pushed and released. Um, so um, I I have favorite parts of both, right? Because I, I know he had some problems licensing some of the. Like I said, we used it a lot of like. Uh, music from u2 in the background and stuff and we're cruising and and the original fraud had certain music and had certain uh images of consumer images that the uh, the final version did not all right so we got blue blu-ray version of that uh of course and we you know so we were part of that and again I, i said there are pieces of each one that i i like and it's too bad you can't make an amalgam of course i can i could sit there and you know uh Piece together exactly what I want to have the perfect version of fraud, which uh, the unauthorized, the yeah. fraud, uh, and uh, unexpurgated or whatever. Uh, I Just yeah. So that that again, the experience was first time we watched it, like wow. So th- what a statement, again, what, what a, um, an impressive feat, artistic feat to create something that, that was engaging and it was a new, new experience, but even though it's our footage, seeing it in that context, all right, contextualized in such a way that it's a new experience, one that we've never had, but, you know, it was able to uh, source all these parts of what we did do in real life. So okay. it, it, fascinating.
2: Now, did you feel violated in any way? Because I'll tell you, we showed this in the theater. And um, at the Unnamed Footage Festival, we we really value the lobby we have there. And we try to communicate with everybody after. And the film's very polarizing. People don't understand the the context of it or the format, and they kind of walk away confused. Mm. And other people that do feel almost scared. Like one, it's it's a fantasy, it's not a real uh narrative, but it feels completely real. And when people are engaged in that, they walk away thinking two things. Oh my God, if I make somebody mad who is an editor, they can <laughs> they can ruin me. And two, oh my god, Gary's a creep. <laughs> and we yeah, talked yeah, about it on here. Yeah, now the yeah. butt zoom is what you became known for. <laughs> <the> butt zoom. <laughs>
1: I, I became known for that in my family. I'm um, same extended family. A- aunts and uncles, and, and they were, the, and people were worried because I would show up at a family reunion and they're like, oh my God, my butt's going to end up on YouTube. So it, it was a quirk. It definitely was a quirk. Uh, creepy. You know, maybe I look at it, I was just, the way I looked at it, the camera is just an extension of my eye. So wherever my eye would swing to, I'm like, okay, then zoom in on that. Zoom in. And, um, at the, Carrie, beach, you like butts. It's okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going, I'm unapologetic. I mean, that's the way it is. So especially my wife and I'm just like, <laughs> and, and we've had so many interviews. I can't believe number one, how much press in the, uh, in the, in the internet age. I mean, so much press that this got uh, from different uh, variety magazine. All I can go through indie film and,
2: and, and now you're here with us. And I'm here. <laughs> and you, you've reached the bottom of the barrel, Gary. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> the final interview. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and you, know, you can read the, um,
2: the,
1: including the print, I mean, the, the different papers and stuff locally that we um, were interviewed by uh, and how did we feel like we were a victim? I like, know, exploited, no. Uh, then my, my wife, and she's like, you know, she didn't know at the time I was zooming in on her butt because most of the time I filmed this stuff and I would post it. But she was bored by it. You know, she like, Well, I lived that. Why do I want to see that again? You know, and now yeah. we're proud because we have the archive to go back and see the kids and stuff when they were smaller. Uh, you know, my, my son, he's in college. My daughter, she's in high school, almost ready to finish high school. So, yeah, this is like, this is precious in, in that sense, the memories. And now, like, hey, how many people can say that, you know, they were part of this? this weird movie uh again just the demonstration of the power of editing and and the false narrative and the timestamp to to cause people to believe something that's not true and especially in the era of, of fake news where you know that that yep, right yep. when that film came out and the accusations with the previous administration the trump administration of fake news and stuff I'm like but it's very easy to think that people could create You know, an impression that, you know, is believable enough through the right editing, through the right, you know, snippets and the right time stamps, whatever it is that appeal to, you know, authority, like, oh, I believe that now that could create something that could be uh, dangerous in the wrong hands. So, um, yeah, but we're we're happy with that. We don't feel exploited. Um, I I don't feel (laughs) creeped out, even though, you know, it was one of those quirks, just like um, just like filming a lot of brand names and stuff. You know it's just like okay um i wasn't trying to cultivate a brand or anything uh so i was just like well if that's a pepsi and i'm thirsty and i'm gonna say pep there's a pepsi you know um and i would do that and then, and then my daughter would have like a an ex, you know exclamation of something and then my, my wife would be singing a song and then i just put it all together and then upload it and it was what it was and then somebody made a movie a strange movie out of it and it's just like okay um Kudos to Dean and having the, the the courage to take something as banal, you know, really boring. Because uh, i mean, how <laughs> many people, uh, you know, going down the, the the cereal aisle at Walmart. How I mean, <laughs> and to think that that could be incorporated into a movie or something is yeah, it, it, that's pretty cool. I mean, it, it it's it, it's edgy. And then I wanted to, and it said I, when when he came and he approached us, I was like, well, it's not about the money, uh, it's about uh, the in, the art, artistry. And is someone able to weave together to use that vision, and even though it can be considered um, controversial and it does offend some people. Some people feel like, don't you get it? You've been exploited. No, I don't get that because, I mean, we've always been on board about art and stuff. I mean, you know, I, I, I have a very open mind and a very liberal about things, and I, I like the idea that, you know, somebody can, can – Take something uh, and and take it to a different level and have it be appreciated in a different uh, way. And Dean interviewed us. He did a a, a live, like a Skype uh, interview, our family and stuff as well. You know, again, we reiterated that we didn't feel exploited or anything like that. It was all in good fun.
2: And to see. Hold on, Gary. Let me cut you off there. Now, when people, I'm sure people ask you all the time if you feel exploited because it's your family and it feels very personal. Yet now you're here with a bunch of nerds who love found footage movies. (laughs) And what we try to tell people is that. It's a different type of film because the craft is part of the character and you learn a lot from where the electric eye is guiding the audience. And I feel like a good found footage horror always feels voyeuristic to the point that maybe you should, as a moral upstanding person, maybe turn off the movie and not watch (laughs) this guy break into a house and film a girl in the shower. Right. Right. Yet, you know, with like Hitchcock, he knows with Rear Window you feel a level of distance and like, you're not a, you're not um, a part. You're not an accomplice to whatever takes place on film. Right. You, you kind of are now like in yeah. the world where, you know, fake news, like you mentioned, dude, tw- the Twitter wars on there, try to make everybody a fucking accomplice. You know, and it. the reason I ask if you feel exploited or violated isn't because it's your family. It's because it's it, like you mentioned, it's you, the perspective, the whole film, everything captured is what you were looking at. Nice. And I feel like that's an incredibly personal insight into you. Like, like the butt zoom thing. It's like, as an audience member now, this I am being serious this time. It's like, I remember telling people, I'm like, dude, that's his wife. Like, what do you, like if he's not attracted to her, that'd be even weirder. Wouldn't it? Right, Right. But I think it's the idea that in the audience, you know, she doesn't know you're zooming. Right. So people feel like a weird violation there or something, but yeah, I I'm just like people got to see what you we're in your head at that point. <laughs> and it's being recontextualized. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's it. I just again I, I have no um no regrets when it comes to any of that. Uh it's just it was natural, it was raw. Believe me, this stuff was also being shared by in laws. So it was not <laughs> either so so and, and, and so uh it wasn't something obscene or anything and sometimes it was um uh, it maybe was it was pretty naked pretty raw in the sense yeah. of the cereal. uh and it certainly wasn't polished and again we weren't cultivating any kind of brand uh so um have seen the movie as well and it's just it, it's it's fun um it, it it's it's I think it's an experience uh, when you put See, it now, in.
2: Your experience is so unique there because when, when Clark showed it to us, when he finally <laughs> closed the vice grip and we sat down and said, fine, we'll watch a dumb movie that we all hate. Okay. <laughs> <we> stop. Okay. That <laughs> was right. right. Then we sat down. I, me and the two other programmers, Oksana and Madeline were like, wait, so what, what is this? Like, we hadn't really been listening to you about what this movie was. <laughs> and we're like, is this real? I understand. Did they go to jail? <laughs> and uh that's how the audience feels. <laughs> it's like, right? Who the hell and it's great. Yeah, it is it's perfect. That's the yeah. that's the versatility. If we watch oh, a in-world camera narrative and people don't even at some point in the film say, okay, what's real here? Yeah, then I think you're not you're not hitting the mark. That's completely. step one. Yeah, you're right. and that needs right. to happen in Act One. And with fraud, you can say, "Oh, all of it's real." It's all yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and we showed up unannounced because Dean and them didn't know. We showed up at the New York uh, showing of that movie as a family, and uh, I remember they were just like, "Oh my God, they're here!" And I'm like, "Yeah," I said, "We we bought tickets and we came to it, uh, and uh, it's just a." Uh, And and we wanted to, because New York's not that far away from where I live. So it's like, well, hey, we can do that. And it was was a weekend kind of trip. And uh, we we got to show up and and answer some questions with some of the people in the audience. And it was cool. Um, And again, it gives just a glimpse of maybe what real stars, real people out there, you know, uh, they they have this this feeling of, you know, that people are, are, um, they have have an idea of who they are. And I, I, again, I, I go about, Trying to dispel that and say wait a minute that was not us in, in many regards uh, <laughs> but there are things that are essentially us uh we do do certain things we do have habits you know we play monopoly and and that. so <laughs> and, 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 and when you see something that is taken out of context which is so important and then the new the new reality that it's given the new life uh and, and some people are like they, they have a hard time reconciling that You're fine with that? Yeah, I'm fine with it because, you know, it was just uh, an exercise in art and, and editing. And and uh, it shows, it hints at the potential problem in the future where people can, well, you know, I mean, the deep fakes and all this stuff. That people can really change the way uh, we perceive reality uh, on a fundamental level. Uh, and, and people can be, you know… Uh, seen in a, in a way maybe that's unflattering uh, unfairly. I mean, I, I think some of the, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> my, uh, quirks, my, uh, eccentricities and stuff with, you know, filming and stuff that, um, I, again, you know, I'm, I'm, totally embraced. I, I own it, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't, I don't make excuses. Um, and what, what I really, I, I see with Dean and, and, and with fraud, I mean, It's, it's a touchstone kind of movie. You go back to it and say, okay, I mean, I know he's got his Marcel thing going on now. And that's probably got a lot more um, marketability than fraud. Fraud is a strange movie. And it's also, in in a sense, it's so short. I mean, because I'm not sure how an audience could even handle another half hour or something of of what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where you'd have to take that. Um, But uh, as we well, start hold on, Gary.
2: You touched on something interesting. You have another unique perspective here because you've been ushered. Are you a film fan? Mm,
1: uh, no, not really. I okay. Mean, when I say uh, not really, I mean, I. I throughout my life, I can name films that I've enjoyed. Um, But as far as um, art films or or special, you know, ones that aren't watched much. No, no, no. I don't really have time for that.
2: So (laughs) can we isolate that? (laughs) But here's the thing. We'll put that at the bumper at the beginning of the show. So now you're in a heavy handed, uh, essentially art film and you've come in. So have you Okay. There's a indie horror film called troll Two, That, um, has really in, invigorated the conversation of like outsider art and so bad it's good. Right. And the only reason I bring it up is because there was a documentary made about it called Best Worst Movie. And the documentary, <laughs> uh, the main subject is an actor in the film. And he didn't, he made the movie and forgot about it. But then, he you was know, a dentist, yeah, he's a dentist, and this <laughs> dentist. cult following had been growing. Huh. And eventually, a crew came out and found him, and they said, Do you have any idea that people are like celebrating your movie? And he was like, Oh, no, I, no clue. So, he got introduced <laughs> into something similar that you did, where you enter this like packed theater atmosphere of a film fest, and everybody's dialed in, and they're really there's a dialogue with the movie, everybody's thinking about the film. And then he did that, got kind of tired of it, and then brought it home and started showing local neighbors and people who aren't film fans, and was kind of shocked to see that people were tuning out, didn't yeah. care, sounded incredibly boring, and he was just like, well, what the hell's going on? And it's something that, you know, me and Clark learned, in, in the film fit at, at, atmosphere, you can show a movie, and everybody's like, this is amazing, why doesn't it, why isn't it on Netflix? Yeah. Right. And then you turn around, you're like, "Oh, people don't like it, or (laughs) they don't care, or they don't have the attention span." How's your journey been? Have you have you invited friends over and been like, "Dude, check it out. People love this movie. It's fraud. They're changing film."
1: No, no. Uh, What we did, um, obviously, friends and family, they all saw it. Um, uh, Not everyone liked it. Not everyone got it. Uh, It just, um, you know, it's not an embarrassment or anything either. Um, It's certain people with uh, maybe a greater appreciation of art and what was trying to be accomplished by, uh, by Dean and his team. Um, they, they appreciate it a lot more. Plus the people who know it's like, I, that's funny how they took that, you know, cause, cause there was a, a scene by, uh, that in the original fraud. <laughs> it's weird to say original versus the one that most people are familiar with. The original, my, my wife, in a little context, she's a huge U2 fan. I'm talking about Bono is a the hero, you know, <laughs> and we've been to see. Well, in the original fraud, she takes her calendar. All right, now this is all they—they they were able to piece it together. So we were at actually at campfire roasting marshmallows, but. That she, she burns the Bono calendar. Now my wife is like, "Oh my God, how they pull this off?" Because you have the, the, the calendar, and Bono's face, you know, it's going into ash and burning, and and I was like, "Holy crap!" I said, "They knew, they they got you right there." Because I mean, that was <laughs> they, they took the idol down, and and, 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 and and but again, that 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 was just it was more of a personal thing. It was like, "Cause wow, they really understood how important this character is." Uh, to my wife's life, I, mean, I, I like Bono too. I mean I think he's, he's almost a superhero to her though. <laughs> you know, wait, wait. Moratorium. So
2: did, did she – did you actually have footage of her burning the calendar? No. Or did they- yeah,
1: What they were able to do because they took the campfire and the calendar hangs on the wall. And it, some of the footage that I filmed, Bono's there and she walked by and the calendar pages moved. But now they were able to basically merge that. And in a way that, oh. the camp, so Bono threw the fire. You see it, and it's a split second—maybe two, three seconds. Even that's long, maybe two seconds. And it's like, oh my god, you know. And it was showing that she was breaking with who she was, you know. Yeah. The, the, and, and and again, it was it was symbolic. And <clears throat> again, that that's not the one that's the common fraud. I mean, that's the the one that we got a copy of as well. And so it's just like, but. Um, it, that's a scene that i wishes i wish could be in the, the the other one um so there are little bits and pieces that i wow you know if they could just have incorporated this and i understand why again you know some people would be uh, offended and maybe you'd have to get permission to burn a calendar a bono don't don't get me started i don't, know. I don't yeah, know you
2: seem like he hit the lotto with you because you seem like the perfect uh, subject you're completely chill you seem super yeah. laid back about it yeah. Yeah. and yet you just described something that is like not just recontextualizing video it's like a deep fake equivalent yeah. like yeah. he took real life Huh? And things that happened, and then created a moment that didn't happen exactly, which, exactly. which is like the ultimate lie. And yeah. the fact that it's so subtle, dude, I feel like that's the scariest part of that movie. Yeah, I didn't even that, know he did like digital work like that. Yeah, yeah. And like I know thing. the house that burnt down, you didn't actually burn down a house to no, film. No, it. No, no,
1: we didn't. Uh, and that's it. So there, are, there are moments, especially in the first one, that seemed like he had watched so much of my footage that he got a feel for the carry us as a family even if it's just a two-dimensional feeling that he was right about something so to to take a sacred idol in a sense uh and have him burn you know in a campfire the calendar uh and when just before that you had the u2 song playing on the radio that that again that that Took some thought, and this wasn't just something they willy-nilly hopscotch through together. They actually uh, thought enough about what we are doing in our in our world, and and, and without having met us, understand. I was the only one that was the contact at the time, and he called. You know, he told us that the movie's going to take a direction. It's a little dark. Are we okay with it? Sure, (laughs) (laughs) sure. And it's just, um, I think about it. It's just like wow. Sometimes, and I, I know. you know, I also um, uh, it inspired me to think about my life and, uh, and and what you know what is important because several interviews I know Dean's Dean's framed it that a lot of my filming styles like images of a person who's dying. All right. right, are flashes of, of this, 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 this. So it's like their last glimpse of, of, of almost like a review of their life. And I think that he's on to something there was that it's always been I want to capture when I would film things, even if it's banal, even if it's boring. I want to capture something that's the flavor of that moment, whether it is the way the sky looked, whether it is, you know, uh, the certain brand that's shining uh, aluminum foil on the shelf and, uh, and with a cheap camera. And understand to still be able to somehow convey to whoever's going to watch this what it felt like to be there, even if they couldn't sense it, you know, because they're not there, present. You know, that I wanted to somehow be able to convey convey something more than just what meets the eye. I wanted them to experience maybe the the atmosphere is the word I'm looking for. Uh, so I think fraud, what he was able to put together, even with the the fake narrative and all that, it still has the essence of I'm all about uh, the the joy of the moment so if you know if you're at the ocean and the waves are smashing and crashing and there's a sound and there's a smell that you can't put in the film but if you, you know you can get a lot of the images that somebody who at least is familiar and has been to the ocean before they're gonna say wow yeah he even got that saltwater taffy with a little bit of moisture on it that it's starting to melt in the Sun that's the kind of thing that I would try to um, to uh, sprinkle into the footage that i was making just for you know relatives and stuff and just for our own satisfaction that i wanted to somehow capture okay if there is a mist or fog coming in i'm capturing uh some of those little droplets and stuff that are uh, on the plants or you know the sand between your toes and zoom into my wife's toes and like okay i'm going to see as many granules of sand as i can get (laughs) Um, and it's just it, 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 it and maybe again maybe when dean happened upon that our web uh, page, our family web page on YouTube, maybe just that kind of like uh, interest in detail that attracted him too. Because I, I wouldn't just keep it superficial, even though it comes off as I'm very superficial. I would try to incorporate. <laughs> it. it does. It, I would try to incorporate like the blades of grass um the the bikini you know i, I want the string mm-hmm. in that bikini i want i want some of the the essence that goes beyond just oh she's wearing a bikini no i want to see the pattern i want to see the the little uh dangling string i want to see you know i want to take it to that level where it's like wow he really had an interest in that bikini <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the thing um it, with a cheap camera i was amazed that i could get as much you know uh, accomplished as I was able to. I mean, obviously, it's not 4K or, or, or ultra HD or anything. Now I do, as you know, I, I do some uh, – uh, Dean and that whole experience inspired me to um, to make a couple of documentaries of my own about something that has been I've been experiencing now for the last four years. And okay. Invent- now,
2: before we get into that, I'm yes. curious if – now, after Fraud came out, did it change how you filmed things? Like, Did it yeah, get it, in your it, head – it did
1: it in one sense. I filmed less. Um, I <laughs> and why I, no not because of fraud, but it was okay. about <laughs> no the the reason I started to film less. And I told the audience in L.A. at the AFI at the festival um, when they had us on the stage with Dean. I said it started to feel as though the camera became an obstacle to the essence of the moment, to that power, the impact of the moment. By always looking through a lens and limiting what I'm looking at just to that, that I felt like I was cheating myself out of the the real uh, quintessential experience. Uh, so filming too much became it's like wow, it, it's now making it artificial. Uh, I, you know, And, and so I, I stepped back and it wasn't because the movie came out at all. It really was. And I said in the, the film that I, I really don't film as much because I, I feel like I, I want the moment to be real. And there's something that, you know, we already have filters, human biases, all this is built in. So we already approach any moment with uh, a lot of things that can limit our appreciation. Uh, and, and including our senses, you know, we we're limited to certain senses and then anything beyond that. Well, it's just like, you know, we miss out because we're only looking through this prism, same thing with the lens. So it ended up limiting my experience, my family. Uh, and, and it was just like, well, you know, I don't need to film every moment. Now, a lot of people today, especially with their smartphones and stuff, they're all about capturing everything that they you know they, they need the selfie they need to have pictures of the food they're eating at that moment and they post it on facebook etc etc and i understand that i mean i believe me i was there with a camera and not not with a smartphone but with a camera wanting to capture everything and having so much extra footage then when i what i my my way of doing it, we had a, a, a CD burner, right? So I convert the tape, it was a digital um, tape, but I it to digital on the CD when I burned it. So I'd only choose parts of that too. So I was again, deciding before I put it on the CD, which would then be uploaded to YouTube, I was deciding what was worthy versus what was, oh, this is just a repeat of this. So, so um, there are all those levels of Distance from reality because even that you know any anything and any, any anyone into film and I, I'm not a person who really and have a background in that at all, but what you want you want to somehow capture something that's significant and at the same time not be repetitious because there are a lot of beach trips. Dean was able to condense. <laughs> right. Dean was able to a condense, lot of bikinis. Yes, he's able to condense <laughs> so much footage is something that was manageable that people would not be like oh my god there's another you know butt shot or uh there's another uh you know uh, bit of cloud or what so so he made it so that it, it was able to move along at a certain pace uh through the editing and stuff and through that uh, but again it, that it, that whole experience as artificial as that narrative was uh, the same thing it became somewhat artificial if i'm going to always Film something, then that quality of genuine authenticity is lost because it's kind of forced. At a point, it becomes like, "Well, I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't need to film everything." So I started to move away from it. Like I said, and about about uh, about a year before the movie came out, you could certainly because the YouTube channel and the number of uploads. Greatly diminished, and it had nothing to do. Because we didn't even know the movie was going to happen. So it started. It's like, it's like, well, you know, I don't need to keep having so many videos of every restaurant, of everything, and you know, just experience <laughs> the moment. But yeah, experience the moment for what it is, and uh, and that was good enough.
2: Okay, and so you had come to that conclusion before yep. fraud. Yes, you know, it's interesting hearing you talk about that because um, I think I completely agree with you. I don't think I'm as, as thoughtful as you, and I also think you are a film fan. You just don't know it. Maybe and, I don't know it. Well, here's the thing. Like, uh, like the human memory is so wrong. It, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the times, we just remember shit completely wrong. And the You value, especially. Yeah. yeah I'm, dude, I'm terrible with it. I, I almost, like, create my own story in the background. It's or adorable really tr- and annoying at the same time. Yeah, way. I know. And I'm, I'm highly gullible. <laughs> so mm-hmm. here's the thing. I, I sympathize with you, Gary, because I, too... I love, um, looking through a lens. I like having that parameter, but it is very limiting and it's very, um, it, it's very just what it is. It's a 2d rendering of reality. Exactly. And I'm, now I'm with you and I try to live in the moment more and really have like a 3d experience and, you know, just empathize with people and enjoy the party we're in the middle of except You know, we're such visual creatures that I think film works because we want stories told with a visual component. Mm -hmm. And, man, if you have footage of something, it really enhances it, and you can share it in a way. So I'm completely conflicted. I think it's amazing that you were able to capture as much as you did, Mm -hmm. and I'm a little bit bummed that you're leaning away from film. I think we need to get you a GoPro strapped to your head so that you can do both. You can film That's everything. True, yeah. I have. I, do not I, make I have, him like Raphael. I, That's what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I, go I have, look up a movie I called have. Descent into Darkness. Gary, do yeah. not look up a
0: movie called Descent into Darkness.
1: We're i have a couple, I have a couple of knockoff GoPros that I've used for more modern filming with my uh, two short docu docu shorts documentaries. They're basically 30 minutes uh, long. 29. 30 wait, minutes wait. Long.
2: Well, what's a knockoff GoPro? amateur? Uh, yeah, it, so, it is, okay. <laughs> Randy, cut that I out. I like
1: it. I like that sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it, that's so. I've used that to have more detail in what I am filming. <clears throat> and as you know, before we done this interview, I mean, I've, I've Dean's movie and and that I, I saw it as an opportunity as well. It's like, well, this is a platform, um and this experience that I'm. You know, trying to document now with uh <clears throat> with my knockoff gopros <laughs> go amateurs uh, <laughs> the, yeah the it's about um investigating the electronic voice phenomena, which you know basically mysterious voices that sound human uh, whether it's audio like paradolia or something and just a whole uh, range of uh if you go through the history of it and this started happening to me back in 2017 where i got really um strange messages on an old school track phone. Again, I'm old school tech, you know, not, not modern and not a smartphone. And I started, I started again. I thought, man, I'm cracking up. So this is some crazy <laughs> stuff. I said, Oh, this is, this is beyond the pale. This is so crazy. <clears throat> but I started to document it and I started to um, make sure that everything, uh, and, and it, it it was daily uh, that I was able to make, Interactions, and this sounds absolutely out of science fiction crazy, but um, I started to have this experience where beings, and I'm going to use that word entities, ethereal, invisible entities, uh, they started to interact with me and my family, uh, and they would answer my questions before I'd ask them. So when you play back the recording, if I'm asking about pigeons, And if I'm going to sell them, the word sell them is heard before I ask the question. It scared a lot of people. It scared – it obviously scared me. And I went to see a family doctor and went – know, had – test uh, the wazoo psychiatric tests uh mri with you know, high contrast everything to get to the bottom of something saying is there an organic reason am i you know is there dementia is there a, is there some kind of schizophrenia is there is there you know a t- brain tumor all everything came up uh, i've never been healthier and it kind of started to bother me because the entities would even tell me to go to the doctor and get blood work and i'd share this stuff with my family doctor and he pulled me aside, and he's like – he said like God told him. He didn't want to scare him. He said God told him that I have a gift. And I, I I make jokes out of a lot of things. And I said, Doc, I said, if that's true, could you ask God if I could re-gift this to somebody? <laughs>
2: Get <it> to somebody
1: <laughs> I said, because this is weird. I said this – I said, number one, um, in the interviews and stuff, people, they can do a public search. And they can see, oh, fraud. You know, the – so this, this is a hard sell. Yeah. It's a hard sell. That I'm trying to say this. Are, this is something that I have audio forensic professionals that have done um, analysis, forensic analysis of these clips and can show just like a, a picture that you can analyze it with a computer. This is a software that shows that pixel by pixel, this is not counterfeit or this is, you know, been Doctored, a photoshopped, same thing with an audio clip. You can show: is this legit, or is this guy pulling a fast one? And I have the reports and everything. So the, the, I have two two uh, documentaries out that I've recorded in the last four years. Okay, oh, hold on, oh, hold oh, on, sure. Gary.
2: I feel yeah. like we need to reset the. So you're talking about like you you're getting EVPs, yes.
1: essentially.
2: Yes. Now, how do, what was the first one you were talking about? Selling a pigeon. I'm I'm yeah, interested that, 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 in just that story.
1: Yeah. All right, I have. Uh, the best way to say this, I have a website, Compendium website, with free examples of even the you can hear the entities say that they're alien. You can hear their voices. It doesn't cost you a penny. Um, if you go to We Are Not Alone and look up the word medium, so We Are Not Alone is one word, and then medium, it, you can find that's my Compendium Launchpad site with all the interviews, all the podcasts, all the press I've been getting. Meeting with Josh Gates from the, you know, the Travel Discovery Channel crazy stuff and it has nothing to do with fraud um mm-hmm. but again fraud becomes this like almost like well it, weren't you involved in a movie called fraud are you pulling a fan <laughs> right away there i said well if you do a public search and stuff yes you're going to find that i was involved in an in art film an award-winning film on my family and we got some press for that and i said but if you want this that's one thing is said this has nothing to do with this this um Uh, except that
2: so so gary okay so fraud's (laughs) done and then you you live life and then at what point does like what is the first time yeah what is the first time you heard sure it's all through that
1: yeah i can walk you through everything um december 2017 it's almost been four years to the day that um at work all right and i usually take my lunch break over in the library that out of habit to get away from the kids so that I don't have to, you know, answer questions during my lunch break.
2: Good call. So the, <laughs> the students
1: have already gone home for the semester and I'm I, I willing to do some free reading. So I go over to take my lunch break as usual and I'm getting out Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. And I, you know, everybody's seen the movie. It's actually a very short story. Uh, Most people don't know. They're intimidated by the two-hour movie. I don't want to read a story. The story's really good. Um, But I wanted to reread that kind of in the holiday spirit. So I sit down, and I get this really weird sound. Nobody's on the library floor. Students are gone. And I get this sound in only my right ear. And the sound is unlike any ear ringing or anything I've had. It's got a coded crystalline component to it. I don't know how to describe it, almost like an insect, but it's got almost like a code in there. I thought, man, what is that noise? I'm sitting there getting ready to read Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. And then a realization comes, my wife, she was like... About a year before, she said, "You gotta buy a phone." Because I, I, I would go. You know, say, if you need me, just call my office. And when she needs me, I mean, I, again, I didn't carry a phone with me. So I said, "All right, I'll buy a phone." I bought a cheap track phone. All right, with my daughter at the local Rite Aid in Oxford, and the track phone, old school, not smart. You know, you can't surf the internet and all that stuff. It's an Alcatel A two hundred five G track phone. Where you can look it up, and you know, it, it was it was it was cheap. So the person behind the counter said $10. And I said, I'm not going to pay $10 for a phone that old. I said, <laughs> yeah, plus I have, to put, I have to buy time. So I talked him down to five bucks. The oh, person yes. sold me the phone. My now, this man. phone. So going back to the story, I'm in the library. This weird signal, the sound, in only my right ear, not both ears. This only, it only ever happens in my right ear. Is there, and it's annoying. And then a, a thought comes into my head. I don't know how to describe it, just a thought. You have that old track phone, probably has a digital voice recorder on it. Why don't you try to record this terrible noise? And I did. I recorded it. And on playback, instead of hearing a, an annoying noise, I heard a voice say my name. It said Mr. Arnold. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, okay, who's spoofing me what's going on? You know, somebody's somebody's doing something here. And I couldn't figure it out. Nobody's there. And you know, I, I was kind of mystified, but yeah, you know, I was like, ah, that's just a weird coincidence. But I, I, I left the library as my lunch breaks up, and I was just trying to puzzle. It was a puzzle that I, I like to solve puzzles. And I left the library, and I came back the next day. You know, <laughs> curiosity kills the cat. The next day, it happens again. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask a question this time. And I ask a question. I say, is there anybody here? Upon playback, before I ask the question, That's the weirdest thing. Nine times out of 10, they answer my questions before I ask them. A voice says, Yes, people. Okay, now this is a different voice. Okay, now I'm really uh, concerned, right? Because there's this, it happened again. And I start thinking, okay, maybe I better see the family doctor. I go in and talk to my wife and, you know, it gets serious where it's like, you know, there's something not
2: right here. I mean, this is how, did, wife, how did your wife react to that? Because I'm imagining if Oksana came up to me and said, she started hearing something at work, yeah. I would, I'd be, uh, terrified and heartbroken. Yeah. Cause and I think it's a bad road we're going down right now.
1: Yeah. And I felt the same. And so we got, um, uh, into the doctor, um, and, and He was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get the insurance company to pay for it. We're gonna say it's audio hallucinations." And he said, "We I mean, need full blood work. We want to make sure every you know, we want to basically every base has got to be covered, every stone turned. We got to know. We're gonna use blood work to to see if there's any kind, because there's a chance that maybe even something like Lyme disease could settle in my blood, and then could actually, in its advanced stage, Lyme disease can cause hallucinations, audio Whoa. hallucinations. But the thing that started to really Perplex every the, the, the other doctors I was dealing with was I can do this now I can't do it on command I can't summon these beings but they will let me know when they want to talk and believe me they want to talk every day, um, so I would play the clips and you know the the one clip where it told me to get my blood work, right. um, the being says that and the doctor said I'm going to tell you he said this is the first time I've ever. T- <laughs> Taking the you know the prescription of what to do um, from an ethereal entity, but he's a, he's a Christian. He's a unlike I, I, I was raised Christian, but again, I'm much more of a skeptic about things.
2: So right mm-hmm. away, I
1: was like in the category. Well, this is I'm not into hocus pocus. So this is like there's got to be a, a prosaic reason. I said you know. <clears throat> so I started down that path, but I got more and more interactions. Interactions that became clearer and clearer. No longer is it something that's just a whisper. These became class A EVPs, where the beings—and I say beings because that's what they say they are. They also say they're alien from and otherworldly. And you can listen to that. It's free at like that website that I just told you. All that stuff's free. You want to watch the documentaries? I have them at two dollars and ninety-nine cents each, priced less than a McDonald's value meal, and offering subst- substantially more food for thought. That's that's the sales pitch.
2: And it's just Wait, it, So, what happened with
1: the blood work? So everything was clear. I've never okay. Been, so, so we started to believe whatever they are, they're mischievous. All right, they like they're tricksters. They like playing yeah. games. I have a recording, and I, you can. I, I. I. Some people said, please don't don't talk about this recording because it's probably the one that got me the biggest controversy, and for. September flash forward I'm having these interactions and, and we're talking about everything we're talking about dead pets we're talking about they interact with dead people we're talk- we're getting uh data that is being analyzed by professionals so, and, and including people in the aerospace industry uh and this is crazy stuff and I can I can uh, uh, substantiate every one of my claims you can see the correspondence and stuff it's like oh my god all right so they're, 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 the beings say they, where they are, they don't eat. All right, They have a whole – there's a whole realm. I call it you – know, when you say the a different world or they, they're in a different realm, another different dimension, some people would say. So, of course, it's September 2020. The big question in everybody's mind, who's going to win the election? I go there. I'm like, okay, this is a question worthy of finding out. So I ask the question. And who's going to win the u s. presidential election of twenty twenty? Play back the clip before before I ask the question, you hear an emphatic Donald Trump. oh my God, now they understand, so this sets the stage for trouble because the if I want a way to have half of America hate me,
2: yeah, this is yep. the way to
1: do it and and even and if he loses. Then there are going to be people who say, "Oh no, he actually won." These spirits know the truth. It was a no-win situation. I withdrew because I was getting ready, and I withdrew that. I'm like, I cannot promote something like that that is going to put me in the QAnon category. I'm going to be if this comes true. I'm going to be the same as that my pillow guy. I said, I'm in. I said, <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, but it, it, I, I see things as they are. And, and my wife said, "Thank God you pulled back." I said, "Yeah, I pulled back out of this because this is a nut house." I said, "I said it's bad enough," and that's is what I put on the table for the investigators and stuff. And and these beings, have you ever heard of something called remote viewing? They do that too. It's called the game to them. They say, are we playing the game? So I've had investigators in Bob Bigelow. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Bigelow and his aerospace. They has a whole team of paranormal people. You can look it up. They had me doing remote viewing for them where, okay, at lunchtime, they know I'm getting ready to do a session is what I call them. Because these beings, most of the time, they knew I was there, and I'm not. It's, I'm not tethered to the library to do this. They will follow me anywhere now and, and talk to me when they want to talk. They want. They let me know with that ear ringing. But anyhow, so I had the investigator. He called me. He called me right before my lunch break. He said, "You have five minutes." He said, "This is the question we want you to ask. You know, send us back the answer. Don't interpret. All right." Boom. So I asked the question. They want to know. Okay, what's in this? in this container, a blue container, on a park bench, Seattle, boom, boom, boom. I ask the question, the being says before I ask it, a battery. I send that back. That's what I hear. It's the right answer. So now these people are more and more interested. They're having me look into things like looking for, and this is going to scare people, shapeshifters. That they they believe there are people here are not people, that they're – like have you ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch and Shapeshifter? Yep. Crazy stuff. All right, so they scratch – basically um, I scratch their back, they scratch mine kind of thing. So I was able to get analysis and stuff done by some of their uh, – their, because it was things that would be cost-prohibitive for me to do on my own. So I start to build this this network of people and see this is is like, so crazy cuz you go back to the Touchstone fraud <laughs> and it's like and some people are like are you really just in this to 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 get back into Hollywood and I'm like <laughs> Come on now. I said, I could think of a hell of a lot better life than to have this weird stuff hanging over me.
2: I said uh, – Gary, hold on. Now, I know you keep bringing back fraud as this like touchstone and like almost warning sign (laughs) that like is an obstacle for you. But I think you want to know what your obstacle is, is that you're a smart dude. And I honestly think – that you who uh you've already made it clear, you're intelligent, you're thoughtful, you're not a huge film fan, yet you understand the medium and why we do a podcast of it without really right. diving into it.
1: Right. So
2: I feel like if if somebody wanted to trick me, you could do it. And I mean, yeah. I'm seeing that as a gullible I understand. People right. tell me the sky is red outside right now and I'll run out. Like yeah, I gaslight him every day. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't every day. And the thing is, but I know you could do it to other people too. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's fraud. I think people see you and they're like, "You got to be careful, Gary," he's <laughs> yeah. coming in, and and, yeah. you know, and I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you.
1: and look, this is this is one of those things. So I'm taking it as it is, and I have a big um, interview coming up with a skeptic. I mean, I've been involved with skeptics, and I said, debunk this, please. I'll sleep better if you can debunk this. I want this stuff gone. Somebody says, oh, wouldn't you like – these – Entities have asked me to – what they really want. They want people to know they exist. It's, that, it's the Horton, here's the hook thing, okay? I mean it is – that's what they really want. They want humanity to come to the realization that we are being interacted, and they, they say they're dealing with all of us, and that they're whispering in the ear. Now, I'm, I'm concerned because when you start thinking, okay, so you say you're whispering in the ears of people. They don't even know you're doing it for whatever mm-hmm. reason you've decided that you're going to let me know. And it, one of the clips I have on the website, I asked them, and they, they said, um, we're sorry, but you're our favorite. Uh, oh, my God. So it's such a manipulation. This whole relationship with these entities is a game. All right. And I, I believe me, I've had people say, well, maybe you're a targeted individual. Maybe the government's fucking with you. Maybe and there are satellites. Maybe you're – like the Havana syndrome. Maybe, you have – and I have had people – deal with you know they, they deal with some of that and they're like we're going to investigate your clips we're gonna see what you're about everything's come up in my favor that I'm not trying to pull a fast one that it's legit um, they, 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 you can take the device and it's not limited to it, it it's all the digital recorders the old school digital recorders don't use what the modern ones do the modern ones use filtering algorithms to make it extra clear that there's no static no white noise the old school ones, don't they have a certain percentage of white noise in there that's what one of the investigators I can't name him because he's got an NDA and, and non-disclosure agreement um he's like a crap <laughs> yeah, yeah this is so out there uh but what's been uh, I've been using this grassroots up approach been on these shows and everything um including FM radio stations uh just create and it's all there if you want to look at it and you're gonna be like holy crap and it's it it, it just is it, it, I wake up every day and I shake my head, saying, "Oh my God, this is my reality. Uh, it's our new normal." My wife and they say things to my wife. I mean, they. I will. Did I send you a clip of them saying her name? Probably not. I will I don't send think you. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it. They say her name. Uh, one is a male and one is a female. They and, and remember her name's Ancha. All right. Now I know Dean mispronounces it. Angie or Angie or something like that, uh, which is an Anglo-Americanized version of it. But um, they pronounce it, and it's clear. And it's like it's disturbing because I was sort of thinking – I asked the question. I said, OK, we had a pet animal recently die. What's the name of the animal? On the playback, there it is, Cuddles, loud and clear. And I'm like, so you're watching all of us? And they said, yes, we're watching everyone. And I said, how do I know this isn't an adversarial relationship? How do I know you're not whispering in the ears of people like leaders to do horrible things and cause war? I said, I can't trust. It. That's the thing. All I'm going to put on the table again and again, not interpretation, is the data. The data says something's, something we've been told isn't true, that if these things are here and I can put this device to record them inside a Faraday pouch, which doesn't let an electromagnet – you can't text, you can't phone. nobody's able to crank it. And you can still record beings that shouldn't, scientifically, should not. Those voices shouldn't be there. It really disturbs me. Um, and I'm like, but I really, it's our new normal. So when we wake up, we talk about, we joke, and the kids are like, oh my god, Dad, here's just, this is like, you know, it can affect the, and, and it's, it's spreading. Uh, the more and my my coworkers, they all know, and they've seen me interact, and they're like, they're convinced, and I'm like, okay, great, um, and I'm still allowed to work here. I can't believe that.
2: So, you then, know, so when the new hire comes in and you're in the, the break room and then they're like, Hey, what's up with the dude in the corner talking? And they're like, Oh, that's Gary. He's talking to the uh, entities. He's trying to protect the world. <laughs> now Gary, do they, they seem to answer everything you ask. Yes. So let me, let me do the hack thing right now yes. and ask you the, the one thing that makes every skeptic so happy. It's like, well, why don't they give you the Powerball numbers?
1: I have asked. I have the record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> impossible. Like there's some prohibition. And no. So, okay.
2: They answered, it's a fraud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, and yes, you're not going to, you're not getting it. Um, I've asked things um, and now I've had people approach me who've had their son commit suicide because they think I'm in touch with dead people. And I say to them, I say, number one, even if I'm in touch with dead people, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not, I'm not messing with any of that garbage. I'm not <laughs> – Asking questions about what your relatives doing on the other side. I'm not even sure there is another side. I'm just trying to say whatever they are, they like to fuck with us, and that's that's the bottom line. And uh, and it, it to me, even though they get things right when they do remote viewing for people, um, I I have had people, uh, my relatives and some of friends, and they, they have been called by someone who said that I better stop looking into this, uh, or there will be a problem. Um, that you know that I need to have a normal life and stop it uh, and 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 or else you know, it was like an open threat I actually got a, a message on on a voice message and it was encoded I sent this on to these people I said I can't figure out what the hell is in this message is it like backmasking what's in it and it was basically saying they I would die if I didn't stop it Okay, so oh, I'm obviously wow. pushing somebody's buttons out there. Um, I, I'm not backing down. Like I said, I, I have all this stuff. Um, these investigators all over the place. They have it. Um, I'm sharing it. Um, and I'm not making money off this. I mean, even though I have the cheap documentaries, and like I said, <laughs> they're two ninety nine each. And and I, I actually the second one, Frog Hollow Road. You can go through with me. We analyze the data. We look at the reports from the of, the authentic. Uh, You know, executive summaries, everything—the reports from the uh, forensic professionals—and you can come to the conclusions they are at the bottom, and you can read it line for line. And uh, you know, I can send you a copy. I'm that convinced what I've uncovered or whatever fell into my lap is extraordinary enough that um, people need to know this is out there. Um, And and it's probably not a good thing either. Um, They're playing games with us, so there's a threat narrative because I, I really think. Have have I been able to benefit from this? I mean, is it making people feel better about themselves to know this? When I was on the one radio station out of Baltimore, 98 Rock, and it was like a Howard Stern kind of show. It was fun. Um, And then they have a, a caller and they're upset because what I'm saying scared them so much. They pulled off to the side on the Baltimore Beltway and said, I don't want to go to work. That's the kind of thing. Some things people get really weirded out, and you don't know if you're scaring people. I mean I'm just trying to share, but some people, they'd rather not hear something like that. If it's true, they don't want to know. So it makes people uncomfortable. That's why – and again, I'm going about this uh, trying to say, hey, all I'm putting on the table is this exists. Do not believe that these beings are telling the truth. Some people think uh, Gary's made a deal with the devil. I mean, I, I think <laughs> that he's actually in, in contact with demons. Um, uh, all right, Clark,
0: I, Clark, I, hold on. Clark, I'm curious. What do you think about all this? So so, all right, I've got several things here. So, Gary, my first thing is that <laughs> my, my initial reaction with everything is just I feel for you because it just seems like this incredible. Limitless, constantly grating burden. Yeah, and I just feel like, how are you able to? I mean, I mean you know, Gary, we, we had a great conversation for thirty minutes about you know before we started talking about people talking in your ears about yeah. you know batteries in right, right Seattle, right <laughs> and you know, and and now we're you know we're getting to to real life stuff here. And you know your disposition is is warm and cheery. And if I know if I was in your shoes,
1: Gary, I wouldn't be in your shoes because my shoes would be in a coffin somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> here's the, here's how I uh, I'm going to tell you I'm really good at one thing, compartmentalization. And i said it in interview after interview because I, the same question comes up often, how do you deal with it? And uh, my cousin used to say, because one minute I'd be listening back in the 80s to Prince, all right, Purple Rain. Sure. You know, the, the album. And the next minute I'd be listening to some Metallica. And he said, how on earth can you do that? How can you like both? I said, I'm able to juggle. I said, one moment, this entertains me. Another moment, this entertains me. I said, I like both of them. Uh, and it just I can just go between you know, how I feel. The same thing with this. Um, I still have a sense of humor. I have had – and I have the recordings. Again, we could share some of this stuff privately because your audience is probably like, oh my god, they don't want to hear this. But I mean, Gary, I like Prince of Metallica too. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is – oh, man. I, I, I actually have recordings of when I've been offended by the vulgarity, by the, the, um, the negativity, by the condescension. Because a lot of these beings look down on our species as – Inferior as animals, and I'd agree. And I've said, (laughs) yeah, and I've said, I said to them, uh, if you continue this negativity, I will not, because they need me to push record to translate whatever this signal is. I never hear voices in my head; I only hear the noise. So the message, they can make a noise all they want. If I don't understand, I can't share the message with the world. I have said things. I know their weaknesses, and the, the the weaknesses is that they're they're conceited, they're arrogant, they're, they're petty. Um, and I've had them, when, when I've called them out on it, I've had 12 or 13 messages in a row following, we're sorry, they're apologetic. Imagine uh, uh, in, just the, the mindset of something invisible that you can't touch, that I can say, you're what reality do you have in my world? You're nothing but a whisper. How dare you speak about humanity this way i mean do you really think i'm afraid of a whisper i mean and 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 i have to amplify you so that other people can hear your message and, and when you have beings that you can't see you can't interact with except through this medium and they apologize oh we're sorry it, it, number one it can be on one level the biggest trick like oh yeah i got these these creatures or whatever the hell they're apologizing to me, boy, I, I must be all that. But again, it's part of the manipulation. I'm nobody special. I can say that in interview after interview. I don't know why the hell this crap fell into my lap. I can joke about it on one hand, but at the same time, I've had people with in in the CIA. all right, I'm talking about. There are people out there that and they know and they know this stuff is real, and you know. Um, Most people, they don't want to know this right now because they think that most people will be just like you said. They're not going to be able to handle this. They're not going to go to church. They're not going to go to work. They're not going to pay their taxes. They're going to say, fuck it. I quit. There's going to be trouble if most people know maybe what this message is. So I can understand the blowback I have received. I'm like, well, how in the hell are you handling it? And you must be an evil person to be able to handle something. I said, no, I'm not evil. I said, maybe I'm open-minded enough that I can entertain the idea that they they exist. I mean, I, all I'm putting on the table again and again with these films and with all my interviews is not interpretation because they say they're alien doesn't mean I believe they're alien. Because they say that, you know, I asked them who in my circle of my family is most susceptible to dying from COVID. They got the answer right. Um, but I don't believe that they're right. All right. I, I, I just think that they say things Because they they know for whatever reason, whether our idea of time is wrong, that there is no linear progression, or whether they're telepathic, which seems to be what we – I would think with the remote viewing that they get right. that They seem to be able to know things before you say or think it, all right? So that's cool. But if they're not giving me the winning Powerball numbers (laughs) – then we're still – I have a limited uh, desire to do much beyond, you know, a few podcasts.
2: <laughs> All right, now, t- Gary. Gary, okay. <clears throat> First, I want to tell you, man, I love you. I think you're, you're <laughs> a hell <laughs> like of a character, it. and you're incredibly smart, dude. Oh, but well, now man. you've – at some point, you as a teacher, an incredibly mm-hmm. smart, thoughtful dude, you veered into my world now. And here's the thing. <laughs> Let me help you out. No, no. Why, be- just because he said Metallica? No, no, because yeah. you, now you – now you've, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I am yes. similar. I love Metallica and Hannah Montana, not Miley. I have a very diverse pop culture. Th- I'm, we're there. But now I don't think you wanted to end up in my world. No. So here's a couple of things. Um, I ended up getting into film because I took a community college class. And the first thing I realized is that people in the film world, like air quotes, right? The film. I'm a film fan. I don't call movies movies. I call them film. They have their own dialogue they usually try to uh, put their intellect on a pedestal by using words, right. like juxtaposition. i have right. never heard that word outside of film. And it's like, dude, all you're doing is... You, so when, when you ask... you A method to tell if somebody's lying is when you ask them a question, notice how many words they use and what type of words. If right. they're trying to do a magic trick, they'll try and confuse you or use big words or... They pump it up. Yeah. Uh, Direct answers are usually the most honest. Yeah. And uh, Gary, I don't feel like you're lying to me. No. Here's the thing. As a dude who had a movie made about him that was a complete lie that painted you as a uh, criminal. Yes. I would think as a dude who had uh, a code in his right ear telling you who was going to win the election. You know what you did there? You took a step back and you looked at it. You said, I can't put this out there because – It's an answer that only furthers the argument. Right. Yet now I hear a dude who's trying to get us so hard to believe him that you veered into fucking correctly identified like QAnon territory and Alex Jones territory. Mm -hmm. And here's the problem. Alex Jones, I feel a lot of the shit he so he's a radio personality. We know this. Mm -hmm. He's incredibly entertaining. But he also does this thing where he's constantly saying, like, you could look it up. I have it all. You do the work. You do the work. I have the documents. And and the thing is, I think he's smart, too. And he knows that people who passively digest a lot of uh, media, they don't look up anything. Yeah. And this is why news is kind of garbage now, too. So I I have homework for you. I think you need to get... You have a homework? You you have some homework. You have some homework for you. A (laughs) homework. A (laughs) homework, Here, how Here, come on. Now... Here's the thing. You have to dive into the conspiracy world. And I know that's not going to help your argument, but you'll identify the pitfalls of that community. Right. And I think a lot of the time they, they kneecap themselves and they like, cause you're veering there just like you veered into film. Right. Like You didn't, you weren't a part of that world, but you've, you've been accepted by it. And my problem is, you know, you went and saw a doctor because you're like, holy shit, I might be schizophrenic. Right. But here's the thing we learned from Sandy Hook. <clears throat> a lot of schizophrenic people do listen to Alex Jones, and they're the ones that will propel you up. And of all the shit he's talked about, like the frogs <clears throat> being gay and all these uh, the chimeras being experimented on, the shit he got hung up for was the Sandy Hook. And not because he said it, but because people acted on it. So my fear is that you're going to get more people pulling over on the side of the road, scared to go to work, which is not yeah. what you want. Admittedly, right. It's not what you want. So me and Clark, before we did this interview, we jumped on your YouTube and we couldn't figure out what the, the, what the EVP things were. Cause you have a visual, a visual component and the right. phone, but as somebody, I mean, God, our second guest on the show was a paranormal hunter. Yeah. And, It's, you know, we're looking at it. We've been doing this for years. I couldn't tell what you were articulating there. Mm -hmm. So I think you're a highly intelligent dude, but you've fallen into the film trap. You're using words. Dude, you mentioned some sort of device that decodes analog. There's a bag that blocks out outside interference. I feel like you need a long blog post that's just really dumbed down. Uh, You need a Twitter where every question you ask, it's set up question, answer, nothing else, no editorializing. Maybe you put like the, the literal EVP in there and you just, you really lay it out in a simple format. Yeah, dude, yeah. You got one thing working for you. You're incredibly interesting. So, uh, you know, even, even I think because me and Clark, we always have to think what are the people listening right now going to think? Sure. And I think there's uh, clearly a bunch of people are going to be like, Oh, Gary's insane. Like he worked on fraud, but you have two documentaries. And if we learned anything from like Bad Ben, we love like quirky characters. So (laughs) you have that. You can get people to watch your shit. Yeah. Just dumb it down for us. Because honestly, I'm worried about the documentary and being like, Holy shit, we're gonna have to hit up Gary because I don't know what we just watched.
1: (laughs) And the first one, here let me give you a little bit more backstory. The first one was was simplistic. It was a treasure hunt. You could have uh, sprinkled in some EVPs, and then you had an analysis of several clips. That's it. But my son, who is very he's a scholar, all right, he graduated valedictorian. He's the real He's a dual major, physics, all that, and just. He said, "Dad, I need the data." He said, "We need to look at the." He said, "He said." That's what – he said he's a believer, but he is – he said, I want my crowd to be convinced. I said, OK, I will include these forensic reports, which I don't understand. I said they – the one person, they did an analysis of a clip. All right, and This is the pigeon clip, which is I, – I raise pigeons as a hobby, all kinds of pigeons from around the world. It's crazy. I, I can show you – there's such a thing as a rainbow pigeon that has rainbow colors. Nobody knows about this stuff because you know we only think of the drab city pigeon. Um, so <laughs> it, well, I, I had too many white homing pigeons. Now, to me, white pigeons, homing pigeons, they're generic. They're they're not worth much. Versus my other pigeons, worth a lot of money. Right, so I have like emerald doves that actually, they their feathers are light hits the feathers in such a way it acts like a prism. The light. Comes out. It looks green. It's like emerald. It's beautiful. All right. So those are worth a lot. The pigeons that I wanted to sell. Um, it was back in June 2020. Those pigeons uh, weren't worth much, but the earringing happened. I said, I'm going to see what the the ethereal beings think about this. All right. So I ask, should I sell my white pigeons? Before I ask it, an emphatic class A, which means everybody who hears that is going to say, I heard that. Not like, oh that um, oh, it sounds kind of it's solemn, loud and clear, so you, okay, so I did sell the pigeons, but not because they told me to, and I don't, I don't usually act on their advice, I am just like, oh, I was going to sell them anyway, so you know, but I had that clip because it it made a personal connection just as much as when they talk about my wife and they say questions and they 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 ask you know uh, us about things, and they they interject well personal things. So, this pigeon clip, I said, you know, it's only a few seconds long. Let's have the, uh, the uh, professional, all right, do this. It's called an acoustic um, fingerprint, all right, subliminal fingerprint. They took an hour after hour. They have these the bleeding edge computer software. They peeled away the layers. I right, understand they're looking for information that the computer then pieces together saying, this is not random. So they uncovered on a subliminal level. Now understand the actual EVP is audible, all right, so that can be heard. But beneath the EVP, when they peeled away the layers, there's a conversation going on between a man and a, a male and a female. It sounds like the one person says, "How much do you think he'll get for his pigeon?" Another person says, "Is it a homer?" This is all going on before I ask the question. Before the EVP is said. The, this is in split second stuff now it doesn't make any sense it absolutely but here it is so you can peel away the data they're the computer analysis which you know is not subjective in the sense that if we, people hear things computers looking for does this waveform match this waveform? is it you know is it genuine is it you know so that's the way to do it because the subjectivity of people just listening and hearing what they want in the paradolia uh, that, that a whole thing is real you gotta it, it, again you always never want to you don't want to believe your own hype all right so <laughs> I, I, exactly and then that, I'm being real here um so this I I needed to have confirmation of what I suspected all along I suspected that there's something underneath the clips more messages and there is and and that's the scary it's scary because you start thinking man am I in some kind of is this real? Am I? Because when this started, I honestly thought there was a, a – yeah, I use Occam's razor. I'm sure you've heard of that, right? Yeah.
2: The, there the, le-
1: there. The, the the explanation that requires the least number of variables is usually the right one. And the right one to me was like, well, the least number of variables is um, crazy or I'm in a coma. And this is all some kind of fantasy while I'm in a coma because nothing makes sense. It's dreamlike in the sense that – can this be real? <clears throat> But you know, here I am every morning like I said, I shake my head and say, "Oh my God, this is real, all right? Maybe this is all a simulation that we all existed, maybe i mean I, i've I, when I went back like I said, I was raised Christian, but I've always believed if God is real, that we are nothing more probably than ideas in God's mind, and this is universal consciousness, and that's you know so that kind of like there's something to my interactions that thinks. There's there's something to that uh, that these what appear to be sentient beings that uh, that have, uh, use they're able to say things that answer uh, intelligent responses. It's not something that's like well yeah if you when I ask about my pigeons they answer about my pigeons. When I ask about what do you eat in your realm they say they don't do that. All right. Um,
2: and, and, and Gary, and, do you, what do you think about singularity? Eh, you mean uh, going back <laughs> to the original? No, well, uh, you know, I've heard, I heard Neil Blomkamp talk about mm. like uh, Siamese twins who could communicate because their brains were connected yes. and kind of how multiple consciousness, what it actually looks like when we're truly connected. Like if we were going to have a hive mind, the human race, yes. we would all kind of lose our personalities and meld into like one. And I've, I've been thinking a lot about, like, Western culture and how we're moving in a direction where, like, gender's under question and everybody's moving away. And there's uh, emphasis on the self, but yet we're, you know, connected digitally. And then I think about film. And I think you should watch a movie called Her. Her. Huh. And do you know that film? Never heard of it. I okay, will check it out. it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with an app on his phone. It's kind of like Siri. Wow. The thing is it's an artificial it's, it's intel- operating system. It's so an I operate. Know. yeah. and nice she will, the AI gets free. And the way that the AI evolves, it's there could be an argument made for what you're experiencing. And I think it's interesting to take it in a digital direction instead of a spiritual one. Right, And I, I'm just curious about that. I, I, I have so many. I've been taking notes. One, yeah. can you ask uh, the entities about crypto for me? I need to find some <laughs> shit coins that are going to make me money.
1: Yeah, yeah you don't want to do Bitcoin. No, it's actually only on the upswing again. So it's over 50000
2: Um Yeah. I, Rand, I, uh, our engineer who's been silent the whole time got in early. Uh, again, fuck you, Randy. <laughs> now, so <laughs> your, son, your son's on board and he's, he's uh, fact-driven. What's yes. your daughter like? Is she a skeptic? Yeah, she wants it to go away. Okay, uh, now sure. here, here. Okay, now I was hoping that's true. Here's what you do: you watch her, then jump into the Blackwell Ghost, the franchise. Now right. I don't care if you're a found footage fan or not, but the way that he makes his movies, I think would work for you. You're already you already got the eye for it. You know right. how to work the frame, but he uses a kind of very grounded, very personal method of capturing film, and he's doing so he. I don't believe the Black wool Ghost is real. I don't, Clark, are you there with me? <laughs> Correct. Okay. Well, he's doing EVPs too and like ghost mm-hmm. stuff, but the way he presents it could work for you. Now, your son is cool, but he's already a believer. You team mm-hmm. up with your daughter and have her talk shit the whole time, and you, you play off that. Right. I would love to see that. Also, yeah. you get your daughter to sing the song that she sang in Fraud that me and Clark have stuck uh, in her yeah, head.
1: What I, I'm i willing to do, like I said, um, it's not about the money. I'm willing to send you the links so you can watch this stuff for free.
2: I'm uh, going to rent them. Okay. You'll, I, you'll get I, my $3. Sure. Right.
1: I think it, the first one is more artsy-fartsy, uh, and you'll like that probably more because it's not data-driven. It's more like I, I'm walking through a cemetery. I, I do the – the cemetery is a backdrop. To say, well, there's a certain gravity. And you know what? Back in the mid 90s, I used to work in a cemetery. You know, I was a groundskeeper, it was a summer job. And, uh, you know, I got to see people, you know, at the end uh, and uh, that experience. It's all there in encapsulated um, in the first one, and that's Subterranean Seance. The second one, well, also, Holler- also,
2: I just have to tell you, I love that title. Yeah. It's an incredible title. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no irony there. I genuinely love it. Thank you. And then
1: the second one's called Frog Hollow Road, uh, and it, it's not about frogs. But I have a clip where I asked a question about the spirit animal that somebody has, somebody I didn't know. And um, I, I asked it was so w- what this person's spirit animal is. Before I asked the question, upon playback, you hear the entity. And this is weird. When the entity wants to talk about an animal— it will try to almost make a, a comical voice like the animal. It's almost like you would imagine a frog would answer the question, and says, "Is that a frog?" All right, and and then we have the cuddles, the rabbit, the, the pig. When it, when the answer is a pig, all right, it will try to sound almost pig-like. It's weird, and in a, but it is something that I've been trying to figure. Okay. You know, I'm I'm I have a regular life and I could only devote so much time to this. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's just like so during the little bit the 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 small window of time I devote to the commission, okay, well if you want me to get your story out that you exist and that's all I'm saying, let other people decide whether it's, you know, legit or what you're mm-hmm. saying. Because I hear what I hear, but the investigators that I work with, they don't want to hear what I hear. They just want the clip. All right, so I send the raw clip right from my phone, text it and send it to them. They break it down, they do their analysis, they get back to me, and they say whether the remote viewing is correct, whether the whether the message is this is what they're saying, Um, and that's the way to do it so that I'm not involved in. Because again, there are people out there they hear this stuff and they get weirded out, and then they start to think, what the heck is going on? Is he talking to something that is dangerous for everybody? And and I don't want to be on anybody's hit list. I mean, it's bad enough. And, I, you know, when I was talking to Josh Gates, you know, my wife and I, we were, we were there and we were talking to Josh Gates. And, and I, my website, and I told you about his picture and stuff. And I picture Asha with him on a different website. But, I mean, he's he's, uh, he's, he's he's been exposed to a lot of stuff. And I gave him, a, you know, a thumb drive filled with freebies. And I said, take this with you. Have your team check it out. I said I said, all I want, you know, at the end of the day. Is to have this puzzle figured out. What's going on here? I said, "Do I want recognition?" Everybody, this part of me is like, "Man, I sure would like to have you know, a few million dollars in the bank." But the truth is, you know, if it is something that, like, like Donald Trump won the election, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I'm not sure it's worth the sacrifice. I did not want fifty million people hating me, and I did not want. And even in this, because I, I could share that clip and you're going to say, holy crap, what do you mean? By that? And I said, yeah, it's legit. What does it mean? I don't know what it means. Um, there's no evidence in my mind that he won the election. Um, and, but I just – I think there's, a, there's an element of mischievous quality about them and the games that they play. And uh, you know, believe me, I got blowback from people who are in authority who said this shouldn't be shared because this can cause trouble
2: all right you know, gary, here's the sure thing I, I saw you write down her i really think you need to watch the Blackwell ghost and all right, not, all for right. Any, not for any entertainment value do you think he should go start at three okay I, I i want gary to live his life is what i'm no gary. no I,
0: I, look <laughs> I, I, I i'm i don't think gary's here for, for movie
2: recommendations <laughs> her, here and blackwell <laughs> Ghost three all right it's
1: all right i will check it out i i again i think I, I, yeah, I, 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 I have so much that I, I believe me. I could talk for hours. I almost have to go in a few minutes. I'm sad to say. Uh, just it's okay. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll
0: wind you down here. Yeah, um,
1: it is. It is. It is mind-boggling stuff. I and when somebody at the end of my days, whenever that is, and they look back and say, "Man, that guy really lives a different kind of life," you know. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. I hope in my tombstone they're like you know, push boundaries, try you know, yeah, yeah I'm just. I'm open-minded. I think one of the reasons that I've gleaned that they are willing to actually have me say things uh, to other people about them is that I'm open-minded. And they they do um, sometimes border on on naughty is the wrong word. I mean, there's 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 a a negative quality about a lot of them. There are a few. I'm going to say, if you want to, there are a few that I would say AI is close to what i feel like i'm dealing with um but they are there's some consciousness there but it seems off it seems artificial it seems like even some of the vocalizations like if you hear them say otherworldly and that's a free sample in that site and i, I have it and they say it before because I, I give them like a selection what are you are you spirit are you uh, alien, otherworldly, etc. And then they answer otherworldly. And so I, I'm giving them a selection. I'm actually limiting the response, which may be in, an incorrect way to try to get to the truth. I'm just like, all right, so are you alien or spirit alien or something else? All right. So and I change up the order and the question's. So I can get if it's the same response and I've asked the question in a different order and they're giving me the same response. Well, then maybe that's really what they're settled on, or maybe they're still pulling my leg. But I try to play game. I have these researchers who've had me actually take the same make and model that phone and smartphones, all so many meters apart, I have to do it scientifically, they said, and then have simultaneously record. And then, so they can have you know apples to apples comparisons. Apples, and they they want the data. And and I I actually believe um, in the scientific method. If this can't be repeated in a lab, I mean it has some value, but not the value that is paradigm changing that it can have. If I can say, here it is, it's reproducible. That uh, it maybe these messages are obviously outside of our sphere of understanding because there should in in what i was referring to earlier what's called a faraday pouch there's such a a larger version called a faraday cage where no electromagnetic signals can get in or out so there's no way somebody could be spoofing and and say oh yeah that's the cool stuff um but that's the science end i'm not a scientist again my my background writing and stuff that's what i do here um but yeah, it's it's crazy, and I, I'm I'm in it to win it. So I put on my webpage. I'm going to share as much as I can with as many people. I got um, like I said, a skeptical uh, truth seekers podcast coming up with. I mean, he, this guy is this guy's sharp, and it's this Wednesday. It's going to be live. People can call in and they can hammer me, which is fine. I've done it before, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I know his style. He, you know, he, he's he's brilliant and at the same time a skeptic, as he, everyone should be. He shouldn't be gullible. So I'm just going to let the data speak for itself. He's got clips and stuff. He's excited. I'm excited. Um, the audience. I hope don't scare anybody too much. But I always try to preface it saying, please. Ever since that happened on FM radio, where I got the the person who was really upset and parked alongside the road. Right away, I want people to realize, don't. Put any stake or anything in, 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 in any, don't invest in any feeling that what they say is right or accurate. Just that they exist. That's it. That's as far as I'm going to go. They may be right. They may be telling the truth. They may not be. They may be obviously deceptive and trying to play a game with us, but they exist. That's cool enough. That's all I need. You know, that's the data I keep putting on the table and the scientists. Um, and when they can peel away the layers and they can get more messages in a 10 second clip, they can uncover a whole. Bunch of messages beneath the surface. uh, It's like, oh my gosh, is this even possible? And you start thinking again. Wow, Uh, you just shake your head. That's what I do. (laughs) Shake my (laughs) head. It's like that's it. I I I I suspected all along there was something more to it than just what I was hearing. But now you have confirmation. And now I'm going to let you in on a little secret. They're analyzing more clips. They're excited because they think. When the being says it's alien, there's probably a whole conversation about their world or something that we're not hearing and we need to hear. So there are people, and it's not, that's not costing me money, which is great. I like pro bono. You know, I'll, I'll
2: do some. <laughs> and we aren't talking about bono, bono, pro <laughs> bono, no, no bono here. Uh, <laughs> Gary, did, did you ask the the entities about coming on the show? Were they like, don't do it, Gary? No,
1: no. I I uh, I asked them about. Do you want me to to make this the, the documentaries? Now, here's how they talk. We're down with it. That's what they said. We're down with it. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm I like you it. must you must be shitting me. We're talking about 70s way of talking. We're down with awesome. and, and it. And it's so. Just Foxy like Brown, that. isn't it? And it said just like that. And I'm like, so I'm, my immediate supervisor here, she's heard this. She's like, holy heck. She's like, what, 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 what? Because it, it, what I do here, I mean I get paid for, is nothing like they, – they know. Um, I basically said, and the, the way I compare it is, um, you know, I've been out fishing, and somehow, whatever miracle, I've latched on to some – Trophy fish. (laughs) And I'm going to take my time and reel this in. I said, I'm not in no rush. I said, we're going to see where the data takes us. And I said, I want these other people in the end, let the science and the scientists and their reports speak because, um, uh, they'll be heard in a way that i can't be heard because i, I i'm not that person i'm no one special I, I happened to be in fraud years ago and that was fun uh, and i said this is as far from fraud as possible um but dean and them were aware of it you know dean they, they were pushing it when the first documentary came out and he had it on his uh instagram and his uh twitter you, you know i was looking for a different kind of truth ghost hunting and, and he had links so i mean it's all the scratch your back scratch mine kind of stuff which is Dude, great here's
2: here's what you do gary Hit up Dean and be like, Dean, you made everybody believe I was a criminal. Now make them believe that I'm talking to people. Holy crap. Get him on your side. Yes. You know what? Run it through Dean. Get Dean to filter this. He could do it. He could. You could. could,
1: uh, Look. Gary, uh, we gotta
2: let you go. You know, we I'm gonna close this thing. Would you
0: shut up for a second? No
2: kidding.
0: Uh But uh, Gary, uh, again, thank you so much for your time. I know we got to cut you loose here, um, but I just want to I just want to tie this in together. I've been for the past 15 minutes just trying to figure out the best way to end this thing. And I don't know if this is uh, this is what I've decided to do. So here we go. Um, You know, you opened up this conversation talking about clouds, right? And how clouds are, you know, you you have a passion for clouds. Now, Mm -hmm. me personally, I love the sunshine. Uh, Russell and Oksana, they love the rain, mm-hmm. and uh, I have an appreciation for the rain. I understand that we need the rain, but me personally, I, I don't know. Um, I've always been um, more productive in the day. I like the day. I like the sunshine. I like the clear blue sky. A few weeks ago, uh, Gary, I had to travel a lot for my job, and so I'm flying a lot, and not particularly keen on flying, but it, we, we do what we have to do, and... Um a few a few weeks ago, uh we had a bad storm here. But we were able to take off and um turbulence of course, but once we once we flew out of the storm, you know, I felt much better. It's like I was out of the storm, it's nice and clear blue skies above all the clouds and it's great. A couple weeks ago, then I had the opposite feeling about that, where I was flying into Houston, Texas. And it was nothing but a blanket of clouds and just nothing. You could see nothing but uh, just a clean blanket of clouds all the way through. Now, I was a little high, and I had had a hell of a time in that airplane just fantasizing about the clouds. And I was above the clouds, and then we descend into Houston. Now, because the blanket was so dense— And I had no idea. They kept telling us on the plane that we're we're near our descent. And as soon as we get through those clouds, in two minutes, we land. Mm -hmm. We're that close. But you couldn't see anything. And it went from above the clouds. It was just as blue as it could be. And then we go through the clouds, and it is storming in Houston. And it is gray and dark. And I immediately get sad again (laughs) because the, the beautiful blue sky is gone. And, you know, and, and secondly, I'm stuck in Houston, so, right? <laughs> so I had a five hour layover in Houston. So that that's another reason. But, you know, I bring all this up to Gary It's just, you know, perspectives change. And I think that, you know, this talk today has certainly changed my perspective as, you know, Gary, we're both, we're, we're going to be big supporters of you and anything that you need out of us. We're here for you, man. So I want you to know that, and that you know, yeah. With with you know, you've opened us up a lot today. Frankly, I'm a little um, scared and exhausted after our (laughs) talk today. Uh, But you you've you've flown me above the clouds, and I'm seeing things from a different perspective today. So I just want to thank you for sharing everything that you have. I know that you know this is this is not easy on you, man. Uh, But (laughs) we we are supportive, and uh, we, we got your back, man.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, giving the opportunity to share with you and your audience. Um, and yeah, and please watch the documentaries uh, and let me know. I mean, there's an the email, you just the same one you sent this link to. Uh, and, you know, I'll respond. I, if you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine. I just, you know, again, I just want to know that people um, get some kind of vibe from it and, and the feeling. And just, again, it, it's really about... Uh, It's about like everything, trying to get people to engage the material, whether you're an artist and you want them to see your art. You know, most people do want to share their art form, Uh, whether, you know, you go to a museum, whatever the arts hanging on the wall, a gallery, the same thing with video and stuff. I'm not. I'm not a person who's a filmmaker the sense. I had one interview and they called me a filmmaker and I'm like, really? Uh, you know, I just don't feel like that. I feel like this is just some, that's one way to capture what's going on through the, that medium, you know, of, of recording. I said, but, um, I'm not, I don't consider myself a filmmaker. I don't aspire to be a filmmaker. Um, but that's what, you know, the, the one, uh, press interview they call me a filmmaker and i'm like okay well you know again <laughs> <laughs> what if, hey if, if it works for them and it helps them get uh, somebody to look at it great uh, but yeah um, please let me know please and uh, again uh, i will share if you have more questions i will share privately um, information uh so you know things that maybe you'll like and maybe even do a remote viewing or something for you
2: and just all right I can you, i'm not asking if we should quit it. the show that's yeah. what i want to know